0: From over the internet and into your MP3 player, this is That Gay Podcast.
1: Thanks, Ben. Welcome to That Gay Podcast of the week ending uh, May 20th. That's what date it is, right? Yes.
0: Yes, it yes. is. Yes, my
1: computer is telling me yes. Hello, I'm Brian. Joining I'm- me, as always, is Troy and Jeff and Chris. Uh, no Matt Welsh hands, unfortunately, but we do have a smorgasbord of guests today.
2: A sport of fine guests today. Uh starting who's wait, Brian, who is next to you right now?
1: I am currently sitting right next to a lovely gentleman named Kevin. Kevin, say
3: hello. Hello. Give us your Hi. 30 give us your 30 seconds. Oh my, 30 seconds. Well, I I grew up in Wisconsin, moved to Portland about a year and a half ago and joined a rugby team. And that's how I know Brian.
0: Hi.
2: <laughs> Hi. Oh, oh, oh. oh, dear. Um, uh, moving down the line, we have Thomas with us. Thomas, hello, sir. Give us, your, give us your 30 seconds.
4: Oh, I'm not sure I'm worth a whole 30 seconds. Uh, well, I grew, You're probably worth more like
1: two minutes. Give yourself <laughs> credit.
4: Please flatter me. Why don't you? No, I grew up on the West Coast. I now live on the East Coast. Uh, former journalist, recovering journalist. Now yeah. I work a nonprofit and I make videos. It's pretty great.
2: And we have screenwriter extraordinaire Michael Verratti here. Michael, give us your 30 seconds. Yes, I'm a screenwriter. I live here in sunny Los Angeles,
5: California. I have written a number of independent horror films as well as movies for television that your mom probably likes. And I'm thrilled to be here and join you today. Aww. What is the
1: what is the thing that we are most likely to have seen that you wrote?
5: If you are a, watching a lot of television movies, you run into one or two. I tend to hit the holidays pretty
0: hard. So I do a lot of uh, those Christmas films. Is Daphne Zuniga nice in real life?
5: Uh, I've met Daphne Zuniga. I've never worked with her. Uh, oh. She is a delight, though. Um, I actually know her because she was in a slew of um, independent horror films uh, back in the day, and uh, I love that about her.
2: All right, so I'm going to say this and hit the mute button because you guys are going to pounce on it. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race.
6: The finale. Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew Chris would be yes. the first one to
1: talk. I knew it would be Chris. We should have bet money on it. It's the Super
0: Bowl of that gay podcast. Oh, I would not have. I would not have taken that bet. I I would have been with you on that,
2: <laughs> Michael. You you were at DragCon. Were some of the uh, contestants there as well?
5: Uh, they were all there. Just such a celebratory atmosphere, and you really got a chance to kind of get a sense of this uh, community that RuPaul has built around the show, and uh, how the show kind of serves as an ambassador to the LGBT community because. You know, for as many gays uh that were there, uh there were so many moms who came with their daughters and they were all like wearing makeup and wigs and it was just like so beyond what drag used to be that uh it was so cool to see all these different people from different walks of life that ten years ago, five years ago wouldn't have embraced this. It was also the nicest crowd that we've dealt with in years. Like everyone there was just so polite, which you wouldn't expect. Uh built Yeah, on drag a show race or- fans are like notoriously pretty aggressive,
4: at least on the internet.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of curious. We we talked about the article that um, Vulture put out, the interview with RuPaul. I'm curious what RuPaul thinks about that sort of like wide acceptance. moms showing up with their daughters dressed in drag makeup because Ru had some opinions in that piece. And a lot of it was about like, you know, straight people adopting culture.
4: Yeah, that's a good question, because on the one hand, you think that, you know, Rue is, is sort of a champion of the idea of drag as this, like, ultimate punk rock expression, you know, this sort of ultimate transgression. And that really doesn't jive with, you know, 12-year-old girls deciding that they're drag queens. So I'm, I, would, I would love for her to spell out that, too, actually. That's interesting.
5: The main viewership of RuPaul's Drag Race are moms and daughters. Like, that, that data is out there. We, we assume because we watch it probably at gay bars or with our, our gay friends that we're the only ones watching it, but it is the crossover audience that's keeping the show as popular as it is. <laughs> all
0: right, Chris, I know you're, I know you can't hold back. What do you think? <laughs> I,
6: I was alive for all of it. I was so happy. Um, there were a couple disappointments, but I'll get to that down the line. Um, the intro where we saw Rue with all of the winners i thought was brilliant her one-liner entering it take a picture it'll last longer i'm like ah real (laughs) after that we got to see all the fantastic runways some some more appropriate than others we started with dax our queen of all nerds and her shape finally looks good she doesn't have that quad butt thing going on from episode two and i'm like yes you look like storm and you have contacts and you're killing it I want
1: to say there was when they brought out the the queens from the, the this most recent season. I it shocked me how many I didn't remember, and I had just watched it. I, I don't know if it was just a I don't know if they just weren't unmemorable or if I just have a short term memory. Well, to be
6: fair with like Dax and Layla; they were both a little bit forgettable, except for the fact that they murdered the like classic disco number for gay people. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, come on, guys, you should not be remembered for the worst lip sync in it. And I, I,
1: I do have to say I, I was happy that they sort of redeemed themselves on the finale. They kinda got to explain themselves and say how they bounced back. Because oh, yeah. t- to go out as bombing I Will Survive would not be a way to go out if you're a drag queen.
6: Well, and that's like a borderline career killer if you can't back it up somehow. I don't care if you're well, a you're, rude just, girl you're or or forever not.
1: known you'll be forever known as the two queens who lost together yep. to I Will Survive. So yeah, I, I'm glad they got the chance to come back.
4: Yeah, they they probably would have been a lot better off had they never come on the show. They're they're one of those they're one of those people. I feel like for most queens, if they show up, you know, they get exposure that'll increase their booking fee and they'll sort of benefit from it. But I, unless that is sort of the treatment you get, you know, I think they might have been better off just like staying local. <laughs>
6: Well, they, they kind of joined the Magnolia Crawford Guild of Exposure, yeah. where you see them for like two episodes and they vanish into oblivion. And I mean, they're Rue girls, so they've got something in their resume. Then you hit queens like um, Cynthia Lee, who you will never forget, because oh, sure. even even if... Okay, I had a little bit of a critique on her dress, and Raven pegged it 100% in the review.
0: Oh, yeah, I would agree. Where
6: um, yeah. it was beautiful, until you got to that funky nude illusion butt thing going on, oh, yeah. girl, Definitely. you know it is pumped to heaven. Girl, just show it. Detox did it. Crack his back, okay? <laughs> and it, it never left. Girl, <laughs> you got giant balls on did top it? of your head. Show- just give us a little skin, sweetheart. <laughs> See, Chris- Chris has opinions. I have a lot of them. They're very strong, and it's because I love this show- <laughs>
0: Yeah, she didn't I that dress was kind of hit or miss with me, uh although I loved her hair. I thought the oh, yeah, hair absolutely. was amazing. And um uh and I also thought Nasha Lopez for a queen who is so beautiful. I thought she looked kind of meh.
6: She didn't look like she was in the right event. Let's be real. Well, that's true. Right. I
0: mean, come on, girl.
6: We know you do better than this. Mm -hmm. Even if you were afraid you were never going to be booked again for leaving on the first episode. For the finale, do you think they got, like, some professional
1: help to make sure they looked as best as they could? I don't think so. I I think think they they spent
3: some time.
6: And and generally, they all kind of get together in, like, this back room backstage and paint together. But as far as their costumes go, it's what they have. It wasn't, oh... Miss Designer, please put this together for me. It's a they they made them. Or but they, I, will, I, I, just,
1: I just can't but help I, but to think that for the finale they'd go balls to the walls and make it the best damn thing they've ever done. Well, that's, 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 that's probably true. And
0: I also <laughs> but I also think that the experience of being on the show sort of wakes some of these queens up to, oh crap, I better step it up. And I feel like just the experience of going through the show and seeing what the other queens are doing encourages a lot of these performers to step up their performance so that when we see them in the finale they're they've progressed beyond what we saw them at because i mean they they shot season eight what like last summer last fall something like that Yeah. i mean it's been months and they've had months to go back and think about how to present themselves and that sort of thing so i think that's why
4: describe it as like drag boot camp so i think they learn a lot from each other in this high pressure cooker environment when they're on that show I I think a lot
5: of times, though, it's because they, of course, learn from one another and they learn learn from kind of like this gauntlet of the show. But I think for the queens who come on and don't necessarily have a sense of, of who they are yet, they learn that the most important thing is to kind of like embrace your character. When you have someone like Bianca Del Rio come on the show, she's been doing drag for almost 20 years. She knows exactly who she is. And you can see it in every single frame of that season. They they kind of learn to embrace themselves. And uh, by the time we see them again, you know, a whole summer and season has passed. They kind of figure out who they are. And that's kind of cool. Like, you know, we were, the, the finale works in the way that the show doesn't, in that it isn't story edited. So we kind of get to see their personalities and see their regrets and see their growth. And, and that's the best part of the finale for me.
6: I mean, it's like our, the next girl who walked out, Acid Betty, she came in the bitch. And besides the fact she was serving sickening looks. Wow. Yeah. She, you don't really get to feel for her until the snatch game when she's leaving. Yeah, and it's like, know. come on, girl.
0: Yeah, after um, after was, Acid came out, was it, uh, was it, was it Robbie? Turned her?
6: Yeah. It was Robbie. The, Robbie turned her. The nicest queen you'll ever meet. <laughs> oy, oy, and mm. I've got to say, that dress, it was it was beautiful. It fit her very well. I was a little underwhelmed. Considering what we saw in episode two, like that giant red gown. I was just like, she's going to come out in something beautiful, something very vintage and just stunning. And she came out in that, and I'm like, hmm.
1: I was so over Robbie Turner when she left that I really didn't pay attention to her when she came out for the finale. Absolutely. So then was
0: Thorgy next? After Thorgy March? was
6: next, and I love her so much. She was brilliant. She was phenomenal. Her finale look gave me life.
2: Thorgy is from New York, right?
6: She is, yeah, okay. definitely.
4: But she's a for thing. Yeah. The love for Bob here is so overwhelming that it's like it's kind of, it was it surprised me to hear that that cheer for her. Like more than more so than Bob actually.
6: How but did you not though so, that
4: play hair see and I've been, I'm sort of watching drag race at every local gay bar in every little city that I find myself in, and it's been funny to hear how each bar reacts to <laughs> each of the queens. Like, I've been a huge Chi-Chi fan since, like, the beginning. I actually have a huge crush on Chi-Chi, which people find strange, but I totally do. I,
6: I think Chi-Chi's cute.
4: I think so, for sure. And I remember when I, w- I was in Charlotte, I believe, when I when the episode came on where she, I think she got kicked off, possibly, or maybe the week oh. before that, and everyone was just, like, on Team Chi-Chi, and I was like, this is where I belong. I belong yeah. in this
1: city. That's the thing, is, like, because Chi- I, th- I feel like people were kind of on the fence about Chi-Chi Then the episode where she got kicked off, and we kind of learned her story, and then you really got invested in her, and, and then like all of a sudden her voice became charming. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know, like I just at some point she won me over, and I I, I was. I, I fell in love with Chi-Chi. Yeah, again, for me, it was untucked when it was just her
4: and Kim by themselves in the room. Oh, yeah. That was And, funny. and there was something about her awkward, <laughs> their awkward banter that just made me kind of adore Chi-Chi and the way she sort of was yeah. getting through that moment. You know, I don't know. She
0: really has had the biggest transformation and it's been really remarkable to see. And I almost, and here's what was great about Chi-Chi's walkout um, on the runway in the finale. She looked like she belonged in the top three. But after seeing um, after seeing Naomi Smalls come out a couple of times during the finale, I was not a fan of her looks kind of at all. Even her performance, jumping ahead a little bit,
6: was not
1: memorable compared to Kim Chi and Bob.
0: Well agreed.
6: Yeah, and I think we went into this after the um, realness episode where we were just kind of like, Bob or Kim are gonna take it. Sorry, Naomi, because she is she's a stunning girl. But that green latex is doing nothing for her.
0: Although I will say she was redeemed quite a bit when like half of her brothers and sisters showed up on stage during the interview segment with that warmed my heart. So I thought her and her mom is so her mom is so adorable. Oh, my God. Right. Oh, my God. This episode had
1: so many family moments that were so
0: touching. Yeah.
6: They had all the family moments, like when Bob got the message from his mom after Rue was like, it's too bad she can't be here. Maybe if only we had a video message or some kind. (laughs) Oh, wait, we we do. do. Like, And I'm like, no, Rue, my heart, it can't take it.
5: (laughs) I do honestly think this is one of the best top threes we've had in years because there has always been. And kind of like a villain element that they played in previous seasons, but you honestly liked all three of them. Yep, there was even if you you had, you had your year. favorites, th- there was something about like this trio that like they were all likable, and I, I appreciated that. Like there there was a charm and an emotional connection. Yeah, That's I really true. think
1: I really think Brittany was supposed to be the villain, and they got rid of her before Maybe the top Derek? three. Oh, yes, of course. How could I be yes, kept her, They kept well, her
0: favorite.
3: long enough to be the villain.
0: And but. and she was – and she left at the right moment. But again, she you did. saw her – we didn't talk about her in, in the runway recap. But she came out in the runway and again, here's an example of someone who's taking what she's learned and applying it. Totally. Her, she her still eyebrows. Had, like, written, yes. Her, her, eyebrows her eyebrows were better, way not way halfway better. up her forehead. <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. poor dear. <laughs> she, she tried, you know. She took the direction and went as far as she could with it, you know. She still, she still looked like Britney, but she looked like drag Britney, like she, that.
6: She, yeah, she looked like two thousand eight Britney, right after she got committed. Derek realized that he had become the villain. He kept making the comment yeah. in every interview I saw with him. They're yeah. like, "What would you have done differently?" He said, "I would have shut up." And yeah. I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> That that probably would have saved you a hair. Yes. she probably she probably watched some of the the
1: watched some of the video like after the fact and was like, oh god, yeah, oh, god. oh no. I yeah. love they, the fact they deliberately that.
4: produce them into these situations where they have no sleep. They're you know they're overworked. They have no contact with their families. They don't have a phone. They put them in a really strange mindset. So it's very common that you hear the queens describe like when they get out and they see themselves they. Just have nothing but regret about the way they behaved and the way they conducted themselves. It's very common you hear that.
5: It is so fun to like you know offer critiques and and, and watch the show and pick our favorites and throw shade. But at the end of the day, I give Pop's to anybody who comp- competes in that competition because it's not easy and it's it's so much and there's talent across the board. I can't even put chapstick on without like falling down the stairs, let alone <laughs> doing what they do. So it's like hats off, crowns off to everybody who's on whether I love their drag or not, they slay for making it on that show.
0: It's about introducing the world to your talent really. And it's just it is a remarkable showcase and they're they're all you know, they all yeah, – but every, I agree. Three. This yeah, was a yeah. really – it was a great top three. It was a really, I think, a fairly strong season overall. Every right. year
4: I, I would reformat the show so that you have to lip sync from the very – like the very first episode is like a lip sync showcase or a performance showcase because I think that's that's one of the big flaws of the show. You don't get to see – the real breadth and the real sort of focus point of all these queens and their various talents. You just don't get that. And there really should be that sort of talent portion for all of them, or at least like the top five, you know, you should, there should be an episode where it's just free form, you know, creative performance.
0: Remember, we never saw kimchi lip sync until the finale. finale. And that
6: that's a,
4: that's a flawed structure. If you ask
6: me as a big well, fan of the show, kimchi, I love you. And if you're listening, please hit me up somewhere because I just want to see you and like, admire you Kimchi, is not necessarily a lip-sync she's artist. She's a performer. She's an She's a performer. She's
5: a, now, performer. Now she's a fashion say,
6: artist. I say this strictly from what we saw on the show. She is not the lip-sync performer. She is the visual artist. Now, I've seen some of her shows outside of Drag Race, and she's a hysterical performer. Like, I think she is brilliant. But what we saw on the show was one of her defining talents. She will paint you to death she will out you for years and she she's a she's a walking art exhibit she's stunning and so in each of the three we got to see their aspects that they brought to the show there was bob the comedian who rocked virtually every challenge including carol channing who gave him a shout out that in the finale really
2: cool. that was that pretty was cool. cool and who by the way Naomi? carol channing is still alive who knew
6: she is still alive
2: she's good the for female,
4: her the female abe vagoda it's <laughs> like so I'm,
0: true.
2: I feel
4: like there was a very clear moment when Bob won the show. And I wonder if you guys can guess which one that was in my mind.
6: When he gave Rue the first? Empire? It was the Empire. When he says, yeah. this. And he opens oh, no, wait, there's this. more. Yeah. This. That was the moment.
1: That was, he moment. That was when was he like launched himself. Or when he
4: poured the drink on Naomi Langley. Yeah floor. That just
1: gagged me. I, I remember Michelle Visage's um, critique of that sketch and she said it was clear at that moment that you could you could improvise. You could take something and on the spot make it a thousand times better. And that's when I realized he had the X factor.
4: Well, you know what's funny about Bob is that like I, I heard a rumor and it was a pretty well-sourced rumor that Bob was on the show uh, a couple of months before they announced it. And you know, they have this sort of weird lame duck period between when they shoot it and when they announce it. And I I and I remember like seeing Bob out and we had some friends in common. I even talked to talked to Bob a few times. And I remember just looking at him and just being like, there's no way you're not top three. There's just a quality about Bob. And if you've seen his performances at the little dive bars, you just get it. You just know that, like, this is a queen that fits Ruth's sensibility. This is a charisma, yep. uniqueness, n- nerve, and talent. You just know it when you see it. You, you knew when Bianca when Bianca was doing
0: it. You just know, you know? I have to tell you, I and I think I, I may have said it on on this podcast at one point, I didn't think she was going to win because I thought it was too soon after Bianca. And I felt like yes. their styles are extremely similar. Bianca's, I think, more of a comedian, and Bob is more of an actor. But I thought, no, I, I, I felt like Rue would seek the opportunity to make a statement about kind of a new direction for drag, yeah. which is I think she did that last year. Though
4: she did that last
0: year with Violet. Oh, with Violet, yeah. yeah. This was the this was the only time I've thought about. Uh, Violet. and That's, in a, good, first, that's a good point. It was kind of kind of like the Tyra Sanchez year. Right, exactly. Versus, where Tyra disappeared uh, for a while. Right, versus queens like
4: Jinx, who, you know, did a touring show, and, you know, pretty much Bianca. every queen. Or, or Bianca, who, you know, produced a short, you know, who's gone on tour, on a comedy tour, and, you know, produced a short film, Hurricane Bianca, you know, all these things. These are like the queens who, like, make, you know, make waves and, you know, make a name for themselves after they win. Violet just hasn't done that.
3: Right. I think she will. I think she's making a name for herself. I just saw her on uh, the Battle of the Seasons, and so she's been doing that, and God knows who who what else, but um, and or who else or who else, yeah. But I saw her perform there, and it was a great performance. So uh, I oh, think yeah. I think she will go far.
5: I think the uh,
0: entrance of the evening that we are all kind of downplaying was the clown. Oh, the, the clown <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> of course, that was clown. funny. Yeah. I love your makeup. I love <laughs> <Bianca> <laughs> saying hi to him. It was cute. So let's talk, if we can. Let's talk a little bit about the about the winner. And I and I had said that I I was a little bit surprised that Bob won because I thought it was too close to Bianca. But as I thought about it, I mean, this is if you think about sort of the object of the game here, which is to make RuPaul and the world of Wonder Guys lots and lots and lots of money. Bob is probably the person you want at the top of the marquee. So while I I think that that Kim Chi winning would have been a great statement, I'm actually not all that mad about Bob. And I'm a huge Bob fan and think he's amazing. Somebody else made this
4: point, but it kind of doesn't matter at the at the level of top three at the level of top three it's just literally just a trophy yeah. I, I I think that you know the real goal of the show shouldn't be to win the hundred thousand dollars it should to be it should be to win fans. Uh, and i think all three of those queens did that I, and i think the rest of it's just sort of icing on the cake you know i think yeah. either way, world of wonder makes a ton of money on their conventions they make a ton of money now they produce the battle of the seasons tour that the queens are used to do that with their with their management company kind of on an unofficial basis and then the world of wonder realized they could make money off of it so they have officially produced that show now so no either way they all make money everyone everyone's happy it's just sort of a
0: it's literally just a trophy at that point just about everybody who was on that season or has been on that show and I thought about this in, in the context of, like, Chi-Chi and that kind of thing. They're going to be fine. <laughs> they're going to be – they're right. now in the RuPaul galaxy of stars, right. and they're going to be – they're going to have – their booking fees have gone up. They're in. They're going to be in demand in parts of the country. They get to travel. They'll, they're going to be terrific.
5: This whole drag fandom is kind of like a cult fandom, so it makes sense. And I think it's all It's definitely comparable Kind of like to the American Idol uh, model That we've had people win You know There are Kellys and there are Carries, But then there are winners That we don't necessarily remember But people who've been on the show Like Adam Lambert Who went on to huge, huge success And RuPaul's Drag Race is exactly the same In fact, I I am pretty certain That the most booked queens across the world Are rarely the winners Bianca might be the exception
1: Kevin had something he wanted to bring up And it was regarding All-Stars Oh, yeah all-Star Season 2 predictions.
6: Mm. This is going to be a list, and... Okay, how many queens are we allowed? Three. You're limited three. to three, Chris.
2: Oh, man. Just
1: three.
6: Can I do six?
0: No, oh, yeah, three! <laughs> Let him do six. Okay.
2: Well,
6: let's we'll see if I can even get to... <laughs> okay, five. I can work with five.
2: Okay.
6: I want to see Trixie Mattel. I want to see Katya. Mm-hmm. I want to see Roxy Andrews. I want to see... Alaska would be fun back, and I'd want to see Kimchi back. So I'm, I'm not sure. I know they've already shot All
4: Stars, so I yes. don't think that you can have a potential winner um, in this season of of All Stars. I think that would be I, my guess.
6: Then we will remove Kimchi and replace her with uh, da, 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 go back a couple seasons. Adore.
3: That I'd is, like, like, are pretty I'd close like, to my predictions.
6: I'd like to see what Adore will actually bring back to the table now that she has some money, even though she looks like trash 90% of her performances.
0: Anybody else yeah. have predictions? I think Chi-Chi, Devane would be a great all-stars. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of Trixie. I like the idea of Katya. Um, maybe Pearl? Uh, that
6: would be interesting. That would be interesting. Um, I think that, you know what I want them
4: to do? I want them to bring back Pearl and, oh no, I wasn't, was it Raven and Pearl who had that beef? No, was it, or was or who was it that went, or, yeah, I think it was Raven and Pearl. Remember
6: this on the internet? They Uh, would not bring Raven back for a third go. uh, Oh, I don't know. If if they did, if they did, she would have to win. Yeah. Period.
0: Because they cannot steal it from her three times. Yeah. No, Raven, Raven (laughs) has moved on. Raven is like, royalty now she's that's true yeah i wonder if alaska would benefit from going back on that show i kind of don't think so i kind of yeah, think Alaska's I
4: getting everything she can all i mean all you can do is sort of debase yourself and lose again you know I, I, right
0: i actually think roxy andrews would be a great pick for I all agree. i agree we
1: can almost do an entire episode on like past seasons
6: we could do an episode on past seasons where I'm fact checking the entire panel. Isn't that what we're doing right now? <laughs>
0: exactly. That's what it
1: seems like.
6: That was my, <laughs> my sneaky. That was my sneaky way of saying moving on.
0: Yes.
2: Uh, let's go on to weekly obsessions real quick. Um, first off, we are going to start with Michael because you have something to promote, don't you?
5: Uh, I do, and it is kind of within the the drag realm. Um, I am reuniting with an old friend of mine. Uh, I don't know if you would like that. I did cover old. Uh, Peaches Christ, who has done oh a number God, of I shows. I love Peaches Christ. Oh, I'm obsessed with her. Uh, Peaches and I uh, have known each other for a long time. I used to do a lot of writing for her. She's a dear friend. We both share a deep affinity for horror movies and uh, we haven't worked together in a while, but we both have this really deep and true love for this uh, drag movie that was made in the late '80s, early '90s, called Vegas in Space, and Vegas in Space was a movie that was uh, shot in San Francisco with a uh, whole uh, gaggle of drag queens over the course of eight years, uh, and the it, it is kind of like a, a '1960s kind of Technicolor journey to a planet with no men, and all of all of the uh, characters on the planet uh, are played by drag queens who were uh, popular queens in San Francisco at the time, and it's kind of this outrageous culty film. They came out in 1991 and uh, played Cam, played Sundance, but it was still too soon. The country didn't really know what to do with a drag movie. And then like a year and a half later, Priscilla came out, and then it was suddenly cool to make a movie about drag queens. And Vegas and Space kind of like got shoved, uh, shoved aside for a bit. Uh, and, and Peaches and I have been big champions of the film uh, for a long time. She did a 15th anniversary celebration in San Francisco a few years ago. I wrote a big piece where I interviewed all the living cast members uh, for the 20th and we decided to reunite uh, for the 25th anniversary and do a big show for the Frameline Film Festival uh, in San Francisco, which will happen on June 17th uh, and it's going to be hosted by Peaches, Philip Ford, who directed uh, the film and all of the living cast members are coming and we're really excited to honor this piece of drag history because it's a movie that really paved the way for a lot of uh, drag queens on film that uh, a lot of people don't know about, and we're really excited to celebrate it. That sounds awesome. Outstanding.
2: Outstanding. Uh, Michael, we need to let, I know realize we need to let you go, so thank you very much for coming on and giving us some insight tonight. Oh, that's thank, you, thank you,
5: Michael. Thank you.
2: Thanks for having me. All righty. Uh, so who's up next with an obsession?
6: Well, let's see if my internet will hold out long enough for me to say something. Um, <laughs> I didn't actually think I'd fall in love with a country song again, not the way I have at least. Um, on one of our on the last track trip home, one of my friends played "Holy" by Florida Georgia Line.
0: It's
6: kind of one of your classic cliché country love songs, but I love it very, very much and I've listened to it over and over and over again. So, that is my obsession for the week.
2: Yay. Um, I'll go and go next. Last week, I think, was I was talking about how Match Game's coming back to ABC this summer. Um, also coming back this summer is the $100,000 Pyramid.
0: Wow. What's...
2: Oh, yeah. Um, well, so wait, Strayhead. hosting this, yeah.
0: And Alec Baldwin's hosting Match Game.
2: Right, right. But I saw some pictures of the new set for the Pyramid, and I just about fell out of my chair because it looks gorgeous. And they brought the little flippy boxes back on the Pyramid, too. And I'm like, ah! Oh, cool. Technology did not kill that off. Anymore,
0: so. <laughs> and did I see Rosie O'Donnell is going to be one of the celebrities? Yes, <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell
2: is going to be one of the celebrities. And you know how she is with game shows, so.
0: Well, she was. So.
4: Are they going to drag Bruce Blanche out of retirement and have him do it? <laughs>
2: <laughs> they might. I don't know. But anyway, so yeah, that's coming up this summer on uh, ABC. And I am so stoked. That's fun.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll go next. My obsession is once again being one of the many people on the planet earth who does not have a beard um i i, I,
2: I oh, what the hell happened there
1: so uh, for for those of you who've never seen my face i've i've had a beard for the last about five years uh and very recently i shaved it all off i hacked it all off first um, you did a mustache well first it was a mustache yes first, so, no
2: no no first it was a porn stash let's establish that. okay okay <laughs> yeah.
1: Hey, you know I don't want my 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 night job to be broadcast that way. But oh,
0: sorry,
1: now that it's out there, Kevin. Uh, no, what it does actually,
0: Kevin? What is the inside of his van look like?
3: It's dark. Yeah, It's got like
0: a <laughs> How do you think animal I print.
3: There's some <laughs> beads over the windows, um, and some oh, the, stuffed the, the... weird stuffed animals, and they're kind of sticky. Yeah, the, the beads aren't supposed to be there <laughs> anyway.
1: Um. <laughs> My obsession is once again being being clean-shaven. I kind of like it, and uh, it's getting me a lot of likes on Instagram, so maybe I'll keep it around for a while.
2: Okay. Well, since Kevin's sitting right next to you, Kevin, what are you obsessed with this week?
3: All right. Well, um, I'm obsessed with the Pinewood Derby race that you do when you're in Cub Scouts.
0: Well, I did that. I did too!
3: There was a Pinewood Derby race this week that I partook, partook in. I came in third place. Congratulations. Whoa. That's outstanding. It was an adult Pinewood Derby race, though, wasn't it? Yeah, it was for adults. It was for charity. It was at a bar. At a bar. Um, you can imagine, like, the adults. Usually, when you're in Cub Scouts, it's mostly the adults build the cars, right? At least my
0: stepfather way. built my car. It's yeah, true. the
3: winning ones are yeah. built by the parents. <laughs> Don't admit that. <laughs> <laughs> so you can imagine that there's people here that are doing it for fun, and then there's those people that get into it and, and do it to win and there's okay. the artistic category which is tough because there's so many creative cars and they only pick one and then there's the speed category and you know they give trophies to first, second, and third place
0: Gosh, it sounds a lot like Drag Race actually So so nice. there, so it's a bar in Portland that hosted an adult Pinewood Derby race for charity are you surprised? yes that's incredible uh, it is I, I, I can I can already picture Fred Armisen as the super serious yes. Pinewood Derby guy, there and is one like in Chicago. and Carrie Brownstein as the like the race official. Like I I see it already. It's be the
2: uh, okay, Jeff, what are you obsessed with this week?
0: I, I am now obsessed with the adult Pinewood Derby, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the answers. I'm that. looking it up right now. In, there is, and I heard someone say it, there is, there is in fact, one in Chicago. Yes, well, I do believe my this sister
3: one, was part of that one, actually.
0: If I'm not mistaken, I, at least this
1: was all the branding I saw at the event. It was, I think, called the Stump Town 40. Mm hmm. So maybe you'll have more success searching yeah. Stumptown. The, the race
3: three. is 40 feet, the, the track is 40 feet, and then it's in Stumptown, which is a neighborhood here in Portland. So. Actually,
0: Stumptown, I thought it was a nickname of Portland. It is kind of colloquially what Portland is called.
3: Okay. I'm not sure. Well, I don't know. I know the neighborhood north of mine is also called Stumptown, so oh, I okay. just associate it with that too.
2: There we go. Uh, Thomas, what are you obsessed with this week? Uh,
4: well, I mean, besides the fact that I am like the last person, at least the last gay in the world to discover Kath and Kim, the Australian version, I've been, I've watched four seasons in about five days and I, I'm having a really hard time not talking like a Australian, trashy Australian housewife type character. Um, besides that fact, um, I do this gay book club and this month we're reading, uh, this memoir called fire shut up in my bones uh, you guys might have heard of it. It's written by uh, New York Times columnist named Charles Blow. It's just mm-hmm. really, it's a memoir, really well done. I'm just really enjoying reading it. It's so like beautifully visual uh, um, about this guy who, uh, this sort of guy who grew up in this sort of rural Louisiana town in like the '70s, and it's a story. it's just sort of all the sort of you know texture of that world. And he's, he's, it's just such a great, great story so far. I'm almost finished with it. I'm just really loving it. So highly recommended. Also, highly recommend gay book clubs in general. They're a lot of fun.
2: Uh, Dill Thomas, thank you very much for coming on our show. We appreciate having you here.
4: This was fun, guys. Not a fun way to spend a Friday night.
2: (laughs) There you go. Uh, Kevin, thank you very much for uh, hanging out with Brian there. I just saw a photo you tweeted of the two of you, and you guys.
3: (laughs) Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun.
2: Uh, So, guys, what do we talk about now that RuPaul's over with?
3: (laughs) Uh, We'll think of something.
2: Do you boys want to do this again next week?
0: Sure. have to.
2: Hmm. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I'm at right. drunk time, but I'll be here if you need someone. <laughs> well, we may need somebody now that Brian's kind of not on board. So <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, we'll do this again next week. Until then, take care.
0: Bye. Bye, guys. Adios. This is Ben Patrick Johnson for That Gay Podcast, a presentation of Attuned Productions.